Welcome, everybody, to Morning Majors. It's really early in the morning. It's 11.07. I've been I, up for two hours. I, I woke up like 30 minutes ago. This is a really great uh, uh, display of our lifestyles. I wasn't always a morning person, and this year I totally became one. I noticed it. You, you, you're one of those like highly effective people now. Hi, everybody. This is Media Majors. Uh, I'm Tom Lockney. I'm Liam Senior. And every week, we got, or every other week, <laughs> we gather around the microphone. When we feel like it. Yeah. We gather around the microphone to tell each other a story from our preferred uh, mediums. I'm really interested in video games and internet culture. I'm really interested in 43 movies. <laughs> and, and which one? And they're all Kurosawa. Uh, it's uh, movie 43. It's the 43 <laughs> sketches within the story I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first today? Yeah. Because <laughs> yours is a little shorter. Uh, mine is very short. Uh, uh, let's see. So, sketch comedy is in a weird place right now. Uh, I would have decried it dead as of late, SNL and Late Night giving us watered-down half-hearted attempts at trying to nail down this bizarro timeline we find <laughs> ourselves in. But then I watched all of Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave and was reminded that it really just takes one person's exceptional point of view to bring an entire sketch show uh, back to being fun and exciting. Yeah, I'm not even like a big sketch comedy person, and I, I hate. I it, can truly. tell, uh, like, even though it doesn't, I don't think that show like works on me the way it does other people. It's like a thing where I can tell, like, this is this is actually like good stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I think they should try making another movie forty three. Oh no, I really do. Uh, I honestly think that if <sighs> that if see, so the team behind movie forty three who recently won an Academy Award for directing Green Book. Wait, are you serious? That's yeah. the same people. Yeah. Are you? Oh my god! What's up? Ah, uh, hmm? I had no idea. That's the same team. Yeah, Peter Farrelly. I'm gonna. I'm dying right yeah. now. Oh, it gets worse. Uh, uh. So if the team behind Movie Forty Three it tackled this idea today of a sketch comedy film, I don't think it would be any good. But well, the, Movie Forty Three is a recent sketch film that I like scrubbed through recently. I didn't watch it because why? Come on, I have time. Uh, but I did, like, fast-forward through a lot of it, and I think I got the gist of it. It is essentially a bunch of recognizable stars doing very naughty things. Hugh Jackman has testicles on his neck. Chris Pratt tries to shit on Anna Faris, who wants it. Uh, oh, there's boy. a Batman sketch, but I didn't watch it because I didn't have the time. But the through line of the story was the thing that I kept coming back to. There's, like, a running story mm -hmm. that, like, threads everything together. The idea is that uh, Dennis Quaid, playing a fictionalized version of Peter Farrelly, uh, is, is pitching these sketches as movies to uh. an executive. Things escalate, and it ends up with him and the executive accosting some producers at gunpoint to hear some of the sketch pitches. At one point, the fourth wall just shatters, and we see Peter Farrelly and the actual crew and Dennis Quaid arguing about how this doesn't make any sense. My favorite thing to happen in a movie, when the writer acknowledges how bad the writing is. Oh, God. Uh, and then when they just... the writer breaks the fourth wall to acknowledge that the thing that they're making is perhaps doomed. Essentially. Uh, uh, but uh, then, then they're like, oh, you know what? Let's just go back and finish the sketch so that we can all go home. Also, question. I, I assume you're going to bring it up, but aren't the aren't the circumstances around how this movie was made, like, super shitty and shady? Like, don't uh, aren't don't a lot of the actors, didn't they ever end up saying that they felt, like, exploited or something? Yeah, I think what happened was that a lot of them were uh, told it was going to be one thing. Here, let me double check this. Okay, so here's the first. Oh, wow. This is really interesting. Uh, there were three pairs of directors that were picked. Mm -hmm. Peter and Bobby Farelli, yeah. they went with. 
David and Jerry Zucker, who did the original Kentucky Fried movie, Airplane, they're like the best at these type of movies. Mm-hmm. And Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park. Oh my lord. Um, they picked the Ferrelli brothers. Wessler, who is like the producer, spent years recruiting actors for the film. Many turned down the project. Most agents would avoid me because they knew what I wanted to do. What agents wanted to book their clients in a no-pay, 800-a-day, two-day shoot. Hugh Jackman was really into it because he wanted balls on his neck. <laughs> Kate Winslet. Uh, it was because they got Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman in that first sketch. And all the so other A-listers got on board. Because they were like, oh, this project has so-and-so attached. Yeah. Hey, everybody, wanted to expound on this a little bit further also. Uh, apparently, most of the actors actually tried to back out because they uh, were because they were tricked and lied to. And then when they found out what they were actually doing, they were exceedingly uncomfortable and tried to back out, but could not because they were contractually obliged, which is a dirty, rotten trick. And if you pull that in your industry, you should never be able to work in there again. Uh, Elizabeth Banks convinced James Gunn to do it. Uh, ready for this? This is a quote from the director about the actors. They clearly wanted out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But we wouldn't let them. The strategy was simple. That's... Wait for them. Shoot them the way they want to. Guilt them to death. That it didn't sucks. work on everyone. Colin Farrell was able to get out of being a leprechaun in a sketch because good God. Oh my Lord. He approached George Clooney about playing himself and Clooney said no fucking way. <laughs> uh, Anton Yelchin was going to be a necrophilic mortician. Oh my God. They, that sketch was cut from the film. Another Very starring Christ. Julianne Moore and Tony Shalhoub as a married couple being interviewed by a detective about their missing daughter was also cut. And I'm sure... I don't want to sure know why. That the directors of seminal film Green Book would have handled all these themes and ideas with the utmost care and taste. Tact, Because really. the filmmakers worked around the star's schedules, the filming of the whole movie took several years. While so many A-list actors were on board, most were not completely aware what the other sketches would include in the film. Uh, many of the actors did not ask many questions and were quite surprised when they watched the final feature. And then... That's fucked up. That they that, the, that they would guilt the actors and shit like that. Like, that sucks. Uh, I'm gonna read the cast list and it's gonna blow your fucking mind. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. You guys fucking ready? Are you guys fucking ready? Elizabeth Banks, Kristen Bell, Halle Berry, Leslie Bibb, Kate Bosworth, Gerard Butler, Dennis Quaid, Josh Dumal, Anna Ferris, Richard Gere, Terrence Howard, Hugh Jackman, Johnny Knoxville, Justin Long, Seth MacFarlane, Stephen Merchant, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, Grace Mentz, uh, Grace Moretz, Chris Pratt, Liam Schreiber, Sean William Scott, Emma Stone, Jason Sudeikis, Uma Thurman, Naomi Watts, Jeremy Allen White, Kate Winslet, Charlie Saxon, and then cut stuff from Tony Shalhoub, Julianne Moore, Bob Odenkirk, uh, Anton Yelchin, and turned down by Colin Farrell and George Clooney. Amazing. Wow, Jesus Christ. What so, a weird disaster. But was it funny? No. no. Not at all. So why do I want there to be another one? Well, I don't really want there to be another one. I think that Tim Robinson and his team should tackle on making a sketch film because, uh, I don't know. The, the reason that I, talk, that I talk about, like, uh, I think you should leave is because when when um uh when our emperismo was elected uh i feel like comedy kind of kind of took itself to like figure out how to do comedy again Mm -hmm. um which is like yeah when you're in a weird political state you need to figure out the way to do satire and comedy without it getting like bogged down and it's it's super hard to do that's why a lot of late night and saturday night live are suffering because they don't know what the fuck to do yeah especially because like also I don't know, just the, especially because there's the added pressure of people who think that like political dunks are praxis. Yeah, yeah, which is why I like. I think you should leave, which is sort of just dunking on the attitude around right now mm-hmm. of like, 
of just these of the fact that you have to be in the situations with these weird ass people who you think should leave <laughs> and that's that's the beauty of it and that's mm. why i think tim robinson should make a movie hell yeah uh, you'll hear an ad from another show on the network that you should listen to right now. And then giddy on up, because we've got a gallop of a story when you return. <laughs> back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams, and I have a podcast for you. It's called Big Time Whoopsies, and every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest, and you the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies, people are dumb, and history can prove it. Welcome back, everybody. I, I straight, straight up, right out of the gates, uh, huge content warning for bestiality. I'm going to be talking about a popular internet uh, shock video. Um, that, but it does have like a very interesting legal history. So, we begin in Washington State in the mid-1900s during some significant changes to the state legislature, specifically in regards to sex acts consensual between adults. Uh, I should say, obviously, I'm not an expert in sex law. I'm not going to try to. I'm not going to, uh, or I'm going to try to represent them accurately to the best of my understanding. But, no, like, I'm not an authority in this historical field. I try to do my homework, but, you know. Just take what I say with a grain of salt. Um, several contentious court cases involving sodomy and fellatio are held in the 1950s, with gay defendants being referred to as perverts and deviants. This was, of course, consider not considered legally discriminatory because sodomy and fellatio were considered sexual perversions in the letter of the law. This is how bigotry is legislated and enacted by the state. The most important piece of legislature from this era was State v. Reinhardt, whose ruling came in 1967. Uh, Keith Reinhardt picked up a 16-year-old, James Miller, who voluntarily performed sex acts in exchange for money. Miller was picked up by police a few days later on a prowling charge and released. He then returned to police uh, the day after uh, to file a complaint about Reinhardt. That's all the info I have on that. I tried to find more information about like the exact nature of this interaction, um, it, it, but I couldn't, which sucks because I feel like there's like a lot of stuff missing here especially because like there's like yes like i'm i think the age stuff sucks it yucks me out but like this speaking as a gay person this feels like cruising to me which has like a very specific uh uh place in queer history where you know gay people were not allowed to like be sexual in public so there there were ways that uh we circumvented that and cruising was one of them Bushes in Central Park. I took a History of New York class, and that's, like, a legit, like, two-day topic. Uh, if you actually look into uh, what I like to call queer legal history, a lot of that stuff has been wiped from the books yeah. because um, a lot of what happens is the – or not a lot. What what ha what has happened in um, some cases, there's specifically one in Rhode Island I'm thinking of, is the people who perpetrate the bigotry also turn out to be exposed for – having uh, a queer desire so the mm -hmm. whole thing becomes like a whole mishmash yeah it is it is uh, fascinating and incredibly depressing yeah the i like the takeaway here is that it sucks that yeah. there's an element of marginalization that that facilitate that, that necessitated like this kind of sex um this is why it's important to let queer people be sexual out in the open like all you wretched hats <laughs> Uh, so that way there aren't uncomfortable scenarios with uncomfortable dynamics cultivated by the need to exist secretly in the margins. Reinhardt would spend the next few years in a protracted legal battle that made the state of Washington look straight up terrible. His complaints were the following. 
charging anyone with sodomy is an invasion of privacy, which is true. Though this one didn't play on the, the with the court on the precedence of religion and quote unquote vagueness, which is just like a sounds like a fakey fake justification for homophobia to me. Prison, uh, one of his other points was that prisoners in Walla Walla were treated terribly. They were literally only allowed to talk about how happy they were to be in prison. Boy Warden, yeah, sure love being here. This is great. I would. I don't miss my family at all. I'm glad I did that crime. Additionally, his letters from prison were intercepted by a judge who learned that the prisoners were freely practicing sodomy. Uh, should note the courts receiving these arguments and informations did not care. However, this did contribute to the public opinion of the case, which does have sway over how laws written and conducted. Reinhardt, uh, while he did not enjoy the benefits of public opinion as his uh, conviction was repeatedly upheld, he was released in 72 for good behavior. One other big court case surrounded two men who held hands at an ice rink. They were arrested for it. The police actually had to argue amongst themselves as to what to charge them with as they wanted something that would be upheld in co a court, which, again, this is how homophobia Murder! David! <laughs> this sparked protest, obviously, where a great many gay people went to the rink and held hands. All this is to say that the climate in Washington was centered around ass-fucking. Um... <laughs> The butt is the hand of the legs. Yeah, like like there was there was a, a public opinion uh, that like sodomy should not be regulated, and so um, it was also the government out of my butt. It was also clear that uh, sodomy laws were at best vague and pretty pretty nakedly a tool to jail gay people for existing. Yeah, uh, which led to in the mid nineteen seventies the repeal of numerous sex laws concerning not only sodomy, but things like fellatio and the age of consent as well. Uh, uh, I, this, I could not, I, I believe that the the reason, uh, like Miller was not charged with like statutory rape or anything. Gotcha. He was charged with sodomy because I believe that there were not uh, uh, concrete enough consent laws to address the fact that he had had sex with a 16 year old. Oh. In the process of reworking their sex laws, Washington struck the following from the law books, quote, every person who shall carnally know in any manner animal, any animal or bird, <laughs> question, pause, question. Uh, birds aren't animals. No. Birds are not animals? They're not animals. Okay. Birds, birds are, birds are birds? Birds are dinosaurs. Birds are di dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, are, dinosaurs not are not animals. They do not exist. Continued. Uh... Or who shall carnally know any male or female person by the anus with the mouth or tongue. Jesus. But not nose. Oh, dude, but not nose. That's a fucking loophole for those dogs. <laughs> or who shall voluntarily submit to such knowledge. Or who shall... <laughs> That's wild to me. That is such a fucking wild element. Okay, one. Okay, so there's so many problems with this law. It's one, it's like, okay... They're they're concerned about the butt, <laughs> so you can't you can't touch the butt of a animal, of a bird, or of a human, Sorry. male or female. Which means that they constructed the law from the butt outward. <laughs> and also, and also, that's so fucked up that not only is it something that uh, you can be charged with having done, uh, having done, but having done to you, which I'm sure was like weaponized against victims of sexual assault who who were who would say like were assaulted 
in the anus and and then in the court people because people don't believe victims anyways what a fucking evil it starts so good like don't fuck animals and then and then also if you even think about someone's asshole uh finally or who shall attempt sexual intercourse with a dead body shall be guilty of sodomy yeah we had necrophilia in both our stories oh god Obviously, this law was repealed because of the sodomy element, but perhaps uh, they should have, upon reading, replaced it with a more precise law. I think don't have sex with animals or dead bodies would have been fine. Yeah, but that doesn't have that flowy legal language that they love so much. (laughs) However, end result being, you could legally fuck animals in the state of Washington, which is perhaps why it's the state with the highest recorded rate of bestiality. Fun fact. That wasn't fun at all. Yeah, actually, you know what, you're right. That is the exact opposite of fun. That is that is a facts. truly upsetting figure. Cut to almost exactly 30 years later in the year 2005. A Boeing engineer oh by the name of Kenneth Pinion is living in the Washington area. He'd suffered a motorcycle accident early in life, leaving him unable to experience certain sensations. This is brought up in the context of his interest in extreme sex acts. I didn't find any literature directly linking the two, however, so... I, I don't know because also because also like that's the thing is uh is uh mr goatsy like he just he just does that for fun you know like he just has a huge butt and, and likes to play with it um his pursuits of extreme sex acts led him to an online community of men who nicknamed themselves zoos after their zoophilic pursuits though they were specifically interested in horses this is where we're going everybody hey hold on just before you continue hey guys but yeah this is where we're going yeah, the, the, if you want to jump ship this would be the time the shitty legal legal stuff about homophobia is done we are now in full-on humans having sex with horses we're here so. we've made it and they're turning them into eagles <laughs> Uh, they were a ring of dudes who would meet in King County, Washington, just north of Emonclaw, to have sex with horses, film it, sometimes have sex with each other afterwards, film that, and distribute the pornography. <laughs> Jesus Christ. feel like we should say at this point, bestiality's no good. Yeah. Sorry we have to come down on the... Bad. Sorry, listen, sorry mom and dad have to come down on the fun, but you would unfortunately be, we are not into bestiality. You would be fucking surprised how many people on the internet are just like, hey, <laughs> like, don't, don't draw fucked up shit, but having sex with animals? A-okay. What? How do you... How do you live with that? How do you live with those two things in your head? One of the founders of the Upright Citizens Brigade had a bestiality debate on his podcast because he's actually a horrible person and I hope he chokes on his own dick. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, you know, animals don't conceive of sex in the same way that we do. There's so many reasons not to have sex with animals. I feel like we don't need to. There's so many I feel like we don't need to list them all. One, two, and it should be a given. Three, come on. Uh, Anyhow. Their training method was to strip naked, apply a horse-breeding pheromone, and bend over, quote-unquote. Sorry, you want how much of this horse-breeding pheromone? (laughs) I don't think we can legally sell this much. Wow. Let me check. Randy? Randy, how much of that horse Viagra do we still have? Oh, we're out. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You were here yesterday. That's where I knew you. And it worked. Clearly. Oh, fuck everything. Uh, it's pretty clear that this was central to Pinion's life. Shortly before his passing, he was building a barn in which he planned to keep a horse. Yikes! Ah! Dark. He went 
now infamously by the alias Mr. Hands. That is, Mr. he picked Hands. that. Yeah. Don't, what does that mean? You don't know? I don't know. You couldn't find out. I couldn't find out. There okay. is, there is that documentary, but one night, he and two other men, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he and two other men, James Michael Tate and one unidentified member, went to do what they do. On that night, uh, this the viral Mr. Hand shock video was filmed. You've not seen it. I was shown it in sixth grade because young dudes are deranged and show other people fucked up shit. I think I've seen a clip. A st- you know what? Let's roll the clip. <laughs> I think I've seen a still or something. Uh, here's what happens. Uh, he, you know, does this thing. He bends over. The horse goes in. Uh, and then it starts having sex with him. And then you hear him make a moan of pain. Uh, pull out. I do believe that the horse ejaculates a little bit. Uh, one of the cameramen asks, uh, "Did he come?" Referring to the horse, I believe. And then, and then that is the point at which I was like, "I have to stop watching this video right now because I'm in sixth grade, and this is like this is too much. This is like what happens when you look at Cthulhu." Yep. Um. Jesus Christ! I wish I'd never seen that video. He was rushed to the hospital by the two men who dropped him out front and fled. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, that's it, like they just fucking <laughs> like it's a fucking a bank robbery that's gone wrong. Yeah. Oh my lord. Pinion was pronounced dead in the ER uh, on July second, two thousand and five. Investigators managed to track down the horse sex ring, but realized upon seizing hundreds of videotapes that they had nothing to charge anyone with. Oh, because it's Washington State. Because it's Washington State. This is why I did the the legal research. Because you, they were allowed to do this. There is, they were legally in the right. They, there was nothing legally wrong about what they were doing. Which this is such a, a, a object lesson in the fact that like laws mean nothing. Laws are mean nothing and often are reflective of like the society that created them they're not some like neutral body oh my god the anonymous man was not arrested or charged as he does not appear in the mr hands video james michael tate was given a suspended one-year sentence and a 300 dollars fine fucking they a guy died yeah and also they did not uh file any animal cruelty charges as to their eyes the horses had not been harmed i imagine that there is a a mental element i mean we do know this that that bestiality traumatizes animals sure does um this is colloquially referred to as the enum claw horse case uh coined from other reporting actually it blew up because of local reporting and newspapers were shocked at how much attention it was given because all the newspapers thought that the story was, quote, too gruesome, which, fair. In response, uh, lawmakers in Washington went, maybe we should write a law about this, and did. The law prohibiting engaging in uh, or filming bestiality was, quote, comically easy, end quote, to pass. As there was literally no opposition party. There, there was the way Wait, that it's... Uh, all opposed? Nay? <laughs> the way that it's hey phrased is, uh, is that uh, there was no party in support of bestiality. So the law passed. Um, 
the video of course remained viral uh, as a internet shock video was shown to far too many people and is it is kind of a nightmare that uh, we were like hey this is a funny video watch this guy die um, I have a perforated colon uh, and also its existence is a crime True. if you are watching if you watch Mr. Hands you have committed a <laughs> felony in the state of Washington and other states that's Mr. Hands what a weird thing truly they didn't have anything to charge them with because when they repealed the sodomy laws they didn't create a new law Not to handle bestiality also weird and also telling about the lawmakers who created the original laws attitude about gay people is that like sodomy is is baked in with um uh queerness is baked in towards bestiality and necrophilia yeah of course oh god i hate hate the world all right um anyhow uh da, 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 da. let's get to self-care corner as fast as we fucking can let's do I'm it i'm going to the fucking spa today and i beat dark souls there oh, you yeah. go you did it i um, sure did oh my self-care corner i'm playing um pathologic 2 uh which is a new game uh and it is so like i i get like everyone hates me Every, the whole point is that you show up in a city and everyone thinks you killed your dad and so they hate you and the ads. yeah and so like you just have to like scrounge around it's a it's very very unique very striking and doing a lot of interesting surrealism that i'm really enjoying that's awesome yeah anyhow hey support the network we got lots of shows we got a patreon uh patreon.com slash major casts if you want to do a one-time donation you can go to paypal.me slash major casts um uh, listen to the other shows on the network. They are all wonderful. Um, is there anything else? Nah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be there for you. Woo. I need to go bleach my ears. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.